0: On today's bonus episode of the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, Dan and I welcome in Dave Wanstead, former Bears coach and NFL expert. He gives his thoughts on the Bears' 20-19 victory over Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. All coming up now. Welcome in to this bonus episode of the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, your number one network for professionals. He's Dan Collins, I'm Joey Gellman, and we are delighted to welcome in the man, the myth, the legend. He is Coach Dave Wanstead to talk all things Bears with us after their impressive, surprising, confusing, I don't know what to call it, 2019 win over the Bucks last night on Thursday Night Football. Coach, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. Yes, it's uh, great to be on with you all. It's um it was an exciting night. I was uh, watching it closely and did a little pregame and postgame for someone. So, uh, no, it was a great win for the Bears for a lot of different reasons, and hopefully they can uh, take this momentum and move forward.
2: Yeah, Coach, definitely an uh, exciting one last night. Well, not too exciting early on, but then Nick Foles got it together. And uh, one of the things you know that stuck out to me is, met Nagy's offensive game plan it's always looked at through a very critical lens right and, and rightfully so um, but that being said what have you seen from Foles lately and what is the best way Neggy and the offensive staff can kind of game plan with a guy like Nick Foles under center
1: well the biggest thing you know Nick is is not going to be and, and I remember Nick when he came out of college in Arizona I mean he's you know, he doesn't have the greatest arm strength. The thing that I think he brings to the Bears uh, over Mitch Trubisky is his big picture awareness, and then whether that's experience uh, or, or or just you know being a football player, but he he gets the big picture and he understands things. Uh, you know when when they beat Atlanta on that on that blitz at the end, it was because he was aware. Uh, that they might blitz, and he told the receiver what was going to happen. And then last night, uh, you know, the Bucks were, were blitzing him quite a bit there at the end, and and he gave an alert to uh, David Montgomery that, hey, get out, don't block, and I'll get you the ball, and, and it happened. So those things, you don't coach those things. That's just gathered over time, over experience. And you know what? Some players never get it, and other ones do. So I think that's the biggest thing, his decision-making and his – his insight. I think that's what he brings to the table, but at the end of the day, and I, and I really believe this and I'm pretty close to the, the bear situation. The bears are going to go as far this season as the defense carries them. I really believe that. I mean, the offense that they have, they're going to make some plays, you know, are they going to run the ball sometimes, sometimes not. Uh, they drop some passes. Uh, Nick's going to miss some throws. But to me, the mainstay of this team has got to be the defense. And that's what happened last night. Uh, the defense, you know, they, they, again, you know, they came into that game being the number one red zone defense in the NFL. They came into last night's game being the number number three defense for defending third downs. And they held true to both of those things. And if they continue doing that, you know, they're going to have a chance to win every game. So, uh, it was a great win, particularly being an NFC team and, and Tom Brady. Anytime you can beat Tom Brady, it's a feather in your cap.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Brady was 5-0 and coming into this game, and they finally finally took him down. So when we're looking at, I mean, you, you mentioned the intangibles and stuff about Nick Foles. So if you're Matt Nagy, how do you, I guess, use that to your advantage? Is it is it a big difference in terms of, you're scheming for Trubisky. You're scheming for Foles. You know, let's say, Mitch may have a athletic capability on one hand, but Nick has the the quarterback awareness in the field on the other. Is that awareness almost sometimes more important than the God-given arm strength you may have when it comes down to it?
1: Well, you got when you got a guy's experience like Foles, you got to be careful about what happened last night against the Bucs. You know, Todd Bowles, the defense coordinator for the Bucs, I mean, he – he went to the well, as we say, too many times, blitzing him. I mean, I if they would have just stayed with Russian four, I mean, you know, they were getting good pressure on Foles, and, and now he's got to make tighter throws in the zone coverage. Uh, that would have probably been the best way to do it. But you're going to blitz Nick Foles. You're not going to be a blitz that you're going to draw up anywhere all season that Nick Foles hasn't seen. So I I think that depends on how defenses want to play them. But at the end of the day, the the one thing that they, I think Matt Nagy needs to do is, you know, how do you take pressure off a quarterback and it's by running the ball. And it's not necessarily how many yards you get. Everybody wants to get hung up on that. It's the number of carries. And I think what they have 16 carries last night for 25 yards or something. I mean, that's not enough. You know, you got to be running the ball to keep your defense rested and, field position and everything else that that goes along play action pass I mean that's all part of having a running game and I think that right now uh, they can't get away from that if they want to continue winning
2: coach going back more to the defense helping carrying this team that Kyle Fuller play on Keyshawn Vaughn that resulted in the Bears taking over in Bucks territory huge in, in so many ways but I wonder if it helps back up the narrative right that the Bears need turnovers on defense you know to put themselves in position you know to win games um or do you think that as long as the Bears improve more on offense you know they could be less dependent on eating those type of plays on defense and, and those turnovers more specifically
1: yeah I, I mean that would be ideal that you don't because you go into a game and as a head coach you know, I never went in saying, OK, we're going to get two turnovers or we're going to give away the football twice. You know, it, it, you can win saying, OK, if all things are equal, OK, they don't we don't turn it over. They don't turn it over. Are, are we are we good enough team? You know, can, can we can we win this football game? So I think that's how you you have to look at it. And most coaches do every week. And then you, if you get the Bears to, to get you a couple turnovers, boy, that makes it awful awful you know, a lot easier for your offense and uh i think that's the case with the bears i mean for them to beat the, the green bay packers of the world the top teams uh, in the nfc the seattles the defense is going to have to come up with a few turnovers uh i just like they did last night you mentioned the Kyle fuller play that was probably the difference in the game
0: and speaking on that defense even more, what did you see from Khalil Mack last night? It seemed like he finally turned that corner this year. Not that you're expecting anything less from him, but he had a few games, whether it be a little bit of a knee injury or what have you, where he wasn't didn't seem to be himself. Last night seemed to be the the return of the Mack, which the Bears uh, are hoping for the rest of the way, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, he's been double, triple teamed. I mean, I've done a lot of studies on him the last two or three years since he's been with the Bears. And last night, they kept him singled up. You know, in other words, by single, I mean, they had one guy try to block him a lot of the time. And that young guy was just a rookie. So, you know, he took advantage of it. And if you do that, you know, that was not a very good game plan. I didn't think by the Bucks And the Bears took advantage of it. And Khalil Mack is a high-energy guy. I mean, you, you, I watched their tape close enough, and you see him running by younger players to make a play and and anytime you have your highest paid player uh doing those things given that type of effort it's contagious and and that's what the bears have going
2: you know coach it it was another nail biter last night it's been so all season right and one thing i noticed you know even in the teams only lost to the colts bears were in it you know until the very end um, I just want to know how much do you think that's a testament, you know, to head coach Matt Nagy in terms of keeping that locker room strong and, you know, how much could that potentially help this team down the road here this season, just keeping a tight knit group and, you know, keep them never quitting until the very end.
1: Yeah. It, it'll it be a big factor because they're going to have games like they had last night, uh, half a dozen times yet coming up and, and they've been behind and they've come back and they've won, you know? So that sends a message. And I think that Matt Nagy, I mean, he's he, the players love playing for him. I mean, he's a great guy. And during the COVID experience with the off season and the social justice issues that, that that everybody was dealing with, I think that he's probably done as good a job as any head coach of, of uh, getting out in front with his players and just listening to his players and, and communicating with his players. And I think, that type of personality as a head coach nowadays, I think, is important, and 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 Matt's done a great job of that.
0: So, in talking about Nagy, then in relation to what you just said, as kind of a player's a player's coach, he was on this morning and talking about his offense. He was really frustrated by their productivity, and I'm curious if, if as, as a coach yourself, does kind of calling out your team serve as a good motivation for some guys Would that could that kind of backfire because he, he is so respected but he was pretty clear on they got to shore up some details this offense isn't going to be clicking how they want it to be
1: yeah I don't know I mean no when you win a game like this it's easy to be critical as a head coach because the players are everybody's feeling good about the win they got a couple of days off you know now if you lose two in a row and you come out and you be critical of your players and game plan then you've got a problem so He's uh he's in a good spot right now to do that. And I, I think his players will react in a positive way. Uh you know, it's uh, but they do gotta they get, they gotta score more points than that. I mean, you know, the defense is keeping them alive like I said in the beginning and keeping them in every game, uh, but sooner or later that can catch up with you.
2: So coach, sticking with offense here, and you know, we're about one third the way through the season. Do you think we need to see more of, say, like a Cordero Patterson, you know, especially with the injury of Tariq Cohen and seeing as Patterson is that type of gadget player that could fit in this Nagy style offense? And do you think the Bears are still trying to figure out where he is best suited on offense?
1: Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think they're trying to figure out. I tell you what, I wouldn't, I'd give the ball to David Montgomery every chance I had. I think just to give it to, to, Anybody other than David Montgomery on a third and one or a critical run situation makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. I mean, because running backs are instinctive. They can feel the defender coming. They can, they can sense him without seeing them and they can make the cuts off the blockers. That comes from years of playing running back and some guys get it and some guys don't. David Montgomery gets that he can break tackles. So to give the ball to anybody else, I, I don't know. I get what they're trying to do, but it doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me. I wouldn't do it.
0: So then, what's the issue there with the run game? Is it a line issue? Is it a schematic issue? Because I no. agree with you. I think David Montgomery is a phenomenal talent. It's not him,
1: right? No, I. You know what the issue is? It's number of times. I mean, uh, what they? How many runs did they have last? They ran the ball three out of four times. I think the first four possessions, and then they ran it twice until the two minute drill before the half. So it's, it's inconsistency of doing it. And I think, you know, you don't get any big pass plays when you're dropping back and it's a passing situation. In my opinion, the big pass plays come when you're running the ball and they can go play action pass and they can freeze your defense. That's when the big pass plays come. So I, I think that they, they just need to call more runs and it needs to be a balanced attack, which they were the first three weeks. The last two weeks has not been.
2: Yeah, you know, I feel like that's something that's looked at every single game, coach. And in your opinion, what is the, you know, the reoccurring situation here where we see early on or even later on in the game, it doesn't really matter. As soon as you notice that run game come to a little bit of a halt and not pick up as many yards as perhaps as perhaps Matt Nagy would like to see. What do you think is the main reason for him then backing out and only sticking with the pass? Is it him just saying, "All right, this isn't working," or is there maybe other things going on that result in him just completely turning the playbook into pass, pass only, or pass the majority of the time?
1: Well, Bill, when I first got my first head coaching job, Bill Parcells asked me who I was going to hire from offensive coordinator. We were talking at the combine, and he says, "You know, remember this: when you interview all these offensive guys." They're all going to tell you in the interview that they believe in the running game, but very few of them do. And I think that's what happens. You know, a, a guy that's more uh, more on the side of throwing it, the minute that the run doesn't happen with big plays, it's easy to say, okay, we're going to abandon the run. It won't work today. We'll, we'll get it next week. And I think that's a little bit of the problem there.
0: No, that makes sense. I mean, you, you, you see it schematically. A lot of the time before this year, where it was a lot, um, you know, behind under yep. center, it was it was a lot of shotgun with Matt Nagy, and there was a, a reality of he was getting off the bus passing, unlike Lovey Smith getting off the bus running. That that's a real, a real deal analysis.
1: Absolutely, no question about it, and I don't know if that'll ever change. You know, when you're running the ball because you feel you have to, not because you want to, there's a big difference, and the players sense that. Because, you know, it all comes down to practice time. And, and what are you spending your time on? You don't have that many practice plays.
2: So, Coach, I'm sure there's a few Bears fans, you know, when they're sitting on the couch, you know, like, like I've been doing at least the, the past couple of weeks. They're, they're playing the game of where's Waldo in terms of the search for, uh, you know, tight end Cole Komet, who a lot of Bears fans thought, you know, would come in here as a rookie. And while Jimmy Graham, you know, from time to time has shown as, you know, a valuable source in the red zone already, you still wouldn't mind seeing, you know, the the hometown kid, if you will, Colt Komet go out there and uh, get a few more chances than he's had. You know, what do you think the reason, you know, for not seeing much of a much of a surgence, if you will, from the rookie tight end?
1: Well, it's, he's, you know, as you're a rookie, you're going to get limited opportunities, and you got to take advantage of him. Unfortunately, last night, Colt Komet gets in there, he gets a holding penalty. Jimmy Graham gets in there and he makes maybe the best catch of the whole weekend out of the NFL, that one-handed catch in the end zone, which you could argue really won the game for him. So I think that uh, Komet's going to get his share. He's going to get his opportunities. Uh, but right now, I mean, they're a veteran team that's that's trying to win right now. And I think that Jimmy Graham fits that role in their minds.
0: So I got to ask, we were watching last night. I know you're a defensive guy, that's the first time I've seen Tom Brady get hit so much and become so frustrated yelling at his team that now he's out of his New England bubble. It's the real world of the NFL. Was that a little uh, refreshing, I think, for the, the rest of us that haven't been in uh, the glory that is New England? And maybe, and maybe for you that love some good defense, finally uh, kicking him to the ground?
1: No, the Bears did a great job on defense. I think, the, you know, the biggest thing that frustrated Tom Brady? Six penalties by the offensive line. And I think he alluded to that after the game. He said, you, you don't know how hard it is to convert third downs when it's third and eight, third and 10, third and 12 because of 10-yard penalties. And uh, if you look at New England this year, I don't know what they did last week uh, but the, against Kansas City, but the two weeks before that, they had zero penalties in the game. And boy, when you do have zero penalties – I don't care what you're doing on first or second down, it gives your quarterback a chance to to, to keep moving forward. And I think, he's, I think that frustrates him that, you know, they shoot themselves in the foot.
0: No, absolutely. It makes sense. And, and before we let you go, one quick question. Curious, you know, we're all kind of in this crazy world quarantine together. Uh, is there one thing new that you've learned in your time in uh, this new quarantine world, any new skill, new things about you?
1: Uh, new skill, new thing about it. No, except that, uh, no, I'm, I'm not doing anything different than you guys are. I mean, I'm washing my hands more than I ever have probably. (laughs) And, uh, obviously the mask, uh, there's not much, I fly to LA every week to do my Fox, uh, NFL kickoff show. And there's not much, uh, not much communication there, but no, I mean, I, um, uh, no, other than just, uh, you know, just being respectful for other people and wearing the mask when you're supposed to, and, and trying to be compliant with uh, with the regulations, uh, and you know, and we don't take anything for granted. If I was to learn something, I mean, we talk about football right now, but it's that way I think with life and and jobs and everything that's been affected. You know, you, you don't take anything for granted. Be thankful what you have today.
0: Absolutely. That's a great message uh, there from Coach Wanstead. He is Dave Wanstead. And, Coach, we thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to uh, talking to you again, hopefully, about some some fun Bears victories. That's for sure. Thanks again, Coach.
1: Okay, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep,
0: Take care, Coach. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this bonus episode with Coach Wanstead. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Wanstead. I'm at Joey Gellman. The man on the other side of the Skype is at Collins on Twitter. You can follow the podcast network, at Believe Podcasts. And we are really looking forward to talking to you guys again on Monday for our normal schedule, Monday and Thursday. Have a great rest of your day and an awesome weekend, and we get to go into it with a beautiful Bears victory. See you next time, everyone.